Well, this has been real special, hasn't it? Yes. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Bonnie, for working with everybody, and Amanda and Katie, and your ministry. Appreciate that very, very much. We'll look forward to the next one, which will be the last Sunday night in February. Uh, not February, March. <laughs> last Sunday in March, all right? Last Sunday in March, and last Sunday in March, we will have our next youth night, children's night, so we'll look forward to that. Please take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to Ephesians chapter 1 tonight. Ephesians chapter 1. And looking so much forward to this evening, and our children and young people did such a good job singing and playing in chapel on Wednesday. And as I left chapel and went back to the office, I thought, you know, I need to bring a message on the family for our first children and youth nights. And so um, I thought we'll just wait with our series on the uh, second coming of Jesus Christ. We'll pick that up again next Sunday, and we will preach something to do with the family. And I thought about why not preach on the subject of children obeying and honoring their parents. You hear a lot in these days about children's rights, but you don't hear a lot about children's responsibilities, all right? Can you say amen to that? I mean, everything's about children's rights. And I, I understand children have some rights, but whoever hears anything about children's responsibilities, and frankly, if children would be taught what are their responsibilities, and mom and dad would teach them those things, and they'd hear those things in school and hear those things in church and so forth, we might not have such a problem with the subject of children's rights. We need to start where the Bible starts, and that is there are responsibilities that dads and moms have to their children. There are responsibilities that husbands have to their wives. There are responsibilities that wives have their husbands. And the responsibilities that children and young people have to their parents. And so tonight, what does the Bible say about children obeying and honoring their parents? And there's, there's way too much here for one message. I know that. So we're going to just get started tonight and really introduce the subject with some explanation of, well, what do we mean, first of all, by, by the word obey? Then secondly, what is meant in the Bible by the word honor? And so then how does that work out in the lives of children? How do you explain that? Then how does that show forth in the, come forth in the lives of children and young people? And then our third question will be, so definition, explanation, and then we will have some application. How do you apply this to life? What are some reasons that God gives us in the Bible that children should obey and honor their parents. And we'll really just get started on those tonight. If I get as far as I plan to go, we'll cover the first three and we'll save the rest for the next message on the last Sunday night then in March. Okay, so first of all, some basic definitions. What does it mean to obey your parents and what does it mean to honor your parents? Okay, the word obey in the Bible comes from two Greek words. The first word is the word under, and the second word is the word to hear. So it's under to hear, or turn those around, to hear under. So what does obey mean? To obey means to listen attentively, to, to heed a command. To listen attentively, to heed a command. As a subordinate, and boys and girls, if you don't know what that means, as someone who is under somebody else, okay? And that's all in the definition of the word. Obey means to hear under. So when you think about the word obey, automatically you should, in your mind, say, you know what that means? That means that a child, and I'm just going to say child for the rest of the night, but teenagers, you're children too. 
So I'm not going to keep saying children and young people. I'm not going to switch over to keep the young people awake and say teenagers or young people once in a while. I'm just going to, probably for the most part, I'll just say children, okay? But trust me, if you are still in high school, you are children, overgrown children, young adults. Does that make you feel better? Young adults, okay? But I'm not going to preach to the children and the young adults tonight. We're going to preach to the children and the young people, and just I'll usually just say children, okay? So when you think of a child, including a young person, a young adult, being under someone, then they're automatically in the very definition is the concept of submission. And submission is at the heart of obedience. If you don't have the submission part figured out, if you don't have the fact that you are under somebody figured out, you will never submit to them and you will never obey them. So we have built into the definition the idea or concept of submission. Really, it's a military term. To hear under, basically, especially in Bible times, that was thought of, especially in military terms. It was, a, it was a soldier being expected to listen and to follow through the commands given to him by his commanding officer because he knew that as a soldier, he was not in charge. He was not barking out the commands. He was obeying the commands. So it's the idea of a soldier listening to and obeying the commands of a commanding officer. Also, it's the idea of a servant, a slave, listening to and obeying the commands of his master. All right? It's the idea of the employee, the worker, hearing and obeying the commands of the boss, the manager, the supervisor. It's the idea of a student hearing and obeying the commands of his teacher. All right? It's the idea of teachers obeying and hearing and obeying the commands of their principal. I mean, this is just, it's, it's all in here, okay? And it's the idea of a, of a team player hearing and obeying because he's under his coach. And therefore, with all these different, and we could give a whole bunch more, the idea of obey is to hear under, to be under, to submit to, to listen attentively to, and do what your mom and dad tell you to do because you are under them. It is not a matter of being side by side with them. This is not an equal thing. And it's not a matter of being over your parents. You're not over your parents. You're not side by side with your parents. You are under your parents. You're in subjection to, submitting to your parents. And therefore, when they speak, you listen and you do what they say. But that's the Bible concept of obey, plain and simple. Now, would you look, please, at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1, 2, and 3. Ephesians 6, 1, 2, and 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. So we not only have children obey your parents in verse 1, but we also have now honor thy father and thy mother in verse 2. So what does the word honor mean? The Greek word honor comes from the word which means valuable, costly, or precious. Now remember that. The Greek word for the word honor comes from the Greek word which means valuable, costly, or precious. 
So boys and girls, young people, to honor your parents means to prize your parents very highly, to respect them. You think of your parents as being very valuable, very precious, therefore to be thought very highly of and to greatly respect them and to revere them. So it's a matter of thinking of your dad and mom like a very, very, very expensive piece of jewelry or a very, very expensive, luxurious car. You say, my dad kind of looks like a car. Don't go there, okay? But the idea is that you, you've, got, you've, got a, you've got a diamond at your house, and this diamond is your dad, this diamond is your mom. You wouldn't go out on an aircraft carrier and stand by the side of the aircraft carrier with a, with a $50,000 diamond and start trying a little juggling and, and hope it didn't, you didn't drop it and go over in the water. You wouldn't do that. You would treat that diamond very, very, very special. You would be very careful. You would protect that. And that's the idea in the Bible of children honoring their parents. The opposite of that is looking down on their parents. The opposite of that is teaching, teaching uh, thinking of their parents uh, with contempt or despising them, to treat them poorly. And really, it's... It's not a matter of how perfect is your dad. It's not a matter of how perfect is your mom. The question is, is he your father? Is she your mother? And if so, then it's really simple. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother. Think very highly of your dad and your mom. I like to put it this way. A child should never want to put a frown on his dad's face. If he's thinking right about his father and who his dad really is, not his imperfections, no, no, no. If he's thinking about the fact, this is my dad, then I don't ever want my dad to have a frown on his face because this is my mother. I don't want my mother to ever be sad. Why not? Because my mom is very special to me. I honor her. I lift her up. She's very valuable. She's very precious. And I treat her that way. It's all in the idea, the definition of the word honor. So here we go. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. We'll talk about that later. Now, explanation, all right? Definition, we've covered explanations. How does this work? Really simply, children should always do exactly what their parents tell them to do, and they should do it with the right attitude. I mean, that's a really good summary. Children, you should do exactly, you should always do exactly what your parents tell you to do, and you should make sure that you do it with the right attitude. A child can obey, I mentioned this Wednesday night in a, in a message with our, with our adults, okay? A child can obey his parents without honoring them, but he cannot honor his parents without obeying them. And I'll give the same illustration I gave on Wednesday night because most of you are not here on Wednesday night. I remember when I was in high school, we lived out in the country. In fact, we had our own ball field out behind our house. We had a home run fence out there. We had like an infield. I mean, and it was, it was like baseball was a big thing in our family and baseball was a big thing in our neighborhood. And on most nights, uh, we, had, we played baseball. My mom and dad had a way of always, seemed like they always gave the Carsey's kids a job that we had to do before we could go out and play ball. So you'd have dinner, and then you'd do all your jobs real fast, and you could go play ball. And I remember one time, 
my job was to mow the front yard, and I wasn't real happy about that. My dad said, I need you to mow the front yard before you go play ball. Did I mow the front yard? Yes, I did. Did I do it with joy? No. Was I happy obeying my dad? No. Was I ticked off? Yeah. Did I decide to do something to show my dad that I didn't think it was really fair that I would have to mow the yard before I could go play ball? Yeah, what did I do? I purposely, I hate to admit this, I purposely, when I filled the, the, the lawnmower up with gas, I purposely overfilled it so a bunch of gas ran on the grass. If you know anything about gasoline on grass, it turns it brown. And I thought, you know what? I'll mow the yard, but my dad's going to regret asking me to mow the yard because right in the middle of his nice yard is going to be this big brown spot. And I say, shame on Pastor Carson. You're thinking, I can't imagine you doing that. You ever done anything like that, guys? Hope I didn't give you an idea. You ever done anything like that, girls? What I'm saying is, did I obey my mom and dad, especially my dad who gave the command, did I obey my dad? I certainly did but I did it with a wrong attitude. So I obeyed my dad, but I did not honor my father. I looked down upon my father. I treated my father with disrespect rather than wanting to please my father. I knew I would not put a smiley face on my dad. I would put a frown on my dad, and that is absolutely dishonoring your parents. And you can dishonor your parents in a whole lot of ways. You don't have to say a word. You don't have to do a thing to dishonor your parents. You can give them that look. They know exactly what certain looks you give them mean. And I am so tired of seeing children and young people look at their parents the way they look at them. And I'm more tired about mom and dad seeing it and never doing a thing about it. I'll tell you one thing. I better not look at my dad the way some children look at their dad. I better ne never treat my mom the way some children and young people treat their mom. I got plenty of spankings when I was young, but I'd have gotten a whole lot more. I can promise you that. And it's really sad what I see in so many boys and girls and young people today. So we obey, but we have the right attitude. Somebody put it this way. Obedience is the duty. Honor is the disposition of which the obedience is born. Young people, you can figure it out. It might be a little hard for the little children. Okay, it's a good phrase. It's a good quote. Obedience is the duty. Honor is the disposition of which the obedience is born. I like what somebody else said. Obedience is the action. Honor is the attitude behind the action. That's really simple, and that's really good. Obedience is the action. Attitude is the, or rather, honor is the attitude behind the action. Did I mow the yard? Yes, I did. That's action. Did I have the right attitude? No, I did not honor my parents. How sad. And so a couple of thoughts before we go to actually some motivation. What about this thing called partial obedience? Your dad or mom tells you to do something, and you don't do it all, you just do a part of it. But let me ask you a question. Who picks what part you do? You say, that's where I come in. My dad says, do this. I'll do part of it, but I'm not going to do all of it. I might even do most of it, but I'm not going to do it all. I'm not going to get the job done like I know my father would like it done. Your mother tells you to do something. You say, I really don't want to do that. I don't really have a heart to do that. I don't really feel like it's fair. My brothers and sisters, they don't have to do as much as I have to do. And your mind just starts going wild. But you know, you know for your own good, you better do what your mom says or else. And you say, that's not worth it. So you do this little pick and choosing thing. 
you do a little or you do some or you do, or you do much or you do most of what your mother tells you to do, but you don't do it all. You just leave a little part undone. That is absolutely called rebellion. That is absolutely selfishness. That is not obeying and honoring your mom or your dad. Because listen to me now, partial obedience is, can you finish it? Absolutely. Partial obedience is disobedience. Now what about the time factor? When your dad tells you to do something and you know he wants it done right then. When your mom gives you a job to do, a little something to do, she gives you a command, and you know what your, what your mom has in mind is that you're going to stop what you're doing, you're going to do what she tells you to do. That's what, that's what parents do, and you're hearing under, so you're under their authority, so when your mom says, please do this, then you just assume your mom wants you to go do that. So what about this thing about, well, you know, I'll get it done, but I'm not going to do it right now. I'm going to finish what I'm doing first. And you wouldn't say this, but you're looking at your dad kind of saying, you know, Dad, I know what you told me to do. Hey, listen, Dad, I'll tell you what. I'll get around to it on my time, okay? I'll do it my way. I'll do it on my time. And so let me finish what I'm doing first. I have seen so many children, young people, like either reading a book or playing a video game or watching a movie, and their mom and dad tell them what to do, and their attitude is, uh, hey, listen, uh, I'll, I'll do it after I've, after I've killed another 45 aliens, you know. I'll do it after I finish the chapter. It's like, okay, I'm, you're not, Dad, you're really not in charge here, you know. I'm kind of in charge of my life. I have my, I'm old enough to know. You know look, I'm going to get it done, Dad. I'm going to get it done, but, you know, I'll do it on my time. No, that's really not right. Delayed obedience is disobedience because the question is, who's in charge? And if you think you're in charge, you're on the top, then you can decide how much you want to do and when you want to do it. But if you absolutely get it figured out, hey, biblically now, scripturally, no, no, I'm not in charge. My dad's not just my good buddy here. My mom's not just my best friend. He is still my dad. He's above me. She is still my mom. She is over me. And my dad told me to do this. And I know what he wants to have, to have done. And I know when he wants me to do it. So anything other than absolute obedience, whether it's partial or whether it's delayed, it's basically disobedience. And we need to get that, young people, boys and girls. Okay. And then I want you to notice this. When it says here, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother. Both of the verbs, obey and honor, both of them are in the present tense. You say, what does that mean? Literally, it's be always, all the time, continually or continuously obeying and honoring your parents. So it's not once in a while. It's not most of the time. It's not usually. It's not, well, only if I don't think I'll get punished if I disobey, or it's not a matter of, well, okay, now listen, if I think I'm going to get a reward here, I'm going to get something out of this thing, then I'll, I'll obey my dad tonight. But if there's no reward, and if I don't think I'm going to get punished for not obeying, then it's not a really big deal. No, you missed the whole message from God because this is in the present tense and this idea of children, you always be obeying your parents continuously all the time. And children, you be always continually, continuously, all the time looking up to, thinking of your mom and dad as being very valuable, precious, costly, 
and your love for them is so strong, you don't want to disappoint them. You don't want to hurt their feelings. You don't want them in any way to be sad about anything. God honors that. God expects that. That's the command. So we have definition. You know what the words mean. We have explanation. You know how they apply, how they work out in our lives. Now, what's the motivation? Why should children and young people honor and obey their parents? And I'd like tonight to at least start with the first three, if we could, please. And those would be the three that we find in our text. So we're going to start out really very generally, and then we will work to more specifically, especially in the next message. But why should children obey and honor their parents just as found in our text and in a parallel text in the book of Colossians, okay? So here you go, reason number one, it's the, and you have to put this first. All of the reasons I'm going to give you, they're all scriptural. There are Bible verses for all of them, but they're not necessarily in any certain order except the first one. I put the first one first because it is the most important one. It's the most obvious one. It's the one that makes the most sense. And if you were preaching, you probably would start, I hope you would start where I would start. We don't have time for discussion tonight, you know. But if I said to you, okay, what do you think would be the very most important first reason that every child should continuously obey and honor mom and dad? I think all of you, I hope all of you would say something like this. God commands it. Is that what you were thinking? Weren't thinking that? God tells them to. This is God speaking. This is, this, is not a, this is not a question. This is not a suggestion. This is not an option deal. This is God very simply as almighty God, the one who is eternal and all truth. God says, children, you obey your parents. Children, you honor your parents. If there was not another reason. In fact, God doesn't even have to give any explanation. God doesn't have to give another eight or ten different things to motivate you. He doesn't have to give a whole bunch of other reasons. If God gave no reasons, no explanation, but all God said to boys and girls and young people was, children, you obey your parents. You honor parents. That's all we should need. Amen? That's it. This is God speaking. It's a command. God doesn't have to say it several times. All he has to do is say it one time, just one time. And so any failure to obey and honor parents, it's more than just sinning against your mom and dad. It's more than just disobeying mom and dad. It's more than just dishonoring mom and dad. When you disobey mom and dad, when you, dis when you do not honor your mom and dad, you are, you are disobeying and dishonoring God because it is God the one who gave you the command. And by the way, that's why when our children were young and growing up, if they ever had a problem disobeying somebody at church or school, like a Sunday school teacher or a youth leader or a school teacher, anybody, if our children ever had a problem obeying or dishonoring somebody over them outside the home, our children got, I'm sorry, folks, you won't like this, they got two spankings. Not really. You have two. What was the first one for? Disobeying your teacher. What was the second one for? Disobeying God, who gave the command to obey others. So the first reason that children should obey and honor their parents is because it's a command. God simply tells them to. And then look, 
And along with that same thing, it's not a second one, but in the same point, God says clearly in verse 1, look what he says. Children, in fact, say it with me. Say the whole verse together, ready? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I mean, that's even motivation. That's even a reason, but it's built into the command because he says, for this is right, because this is right. And the word right there means meat, not M-E-A-T, but M-E-A-T, meat. It's just. Really, the word is innocent or holy. It's the right thing to do. That's what he says. This is right. It's the just thing to do. It's the holy thing to do. So it's not just the fitting and just the reasonable thing to do. God says, really, more than just being uh, feasible or being expected or natural or, or uh, make good sense thing, God says it's the holy thing to do. It's the right thing to do. It's a wonderful truth. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And so the idea here is, children, you obey your dad, you obey your mom, and you do it all the time. Because, listen now, all of God's commandments are right. They're right all the time. God is all wise and God is just. God is fair. God never makes a mistake. And God never, ever gave one command that was wrong. God's commands are always right because God who gives the command is always just. And so this just God, this fair God, this always right God, he says, children, you hear under, you submit to, you obey your parents in the Lord because this is the right thing to do. This is the holy thing to do. Number two, not only should children obey and honor their parents because God commands it. Number two, they do it because it pleases the Lord. There's a parallel passage. We're going to come right back to Ephesians, but go to Colossians chapter 3. If you know your Bible well, two books later in Colossians in chapter 3, you have a passage of scripture that is very, very much like the passage in Ephesians chapter 6. In Ephesians 5 and 6, both chapters, God gives instruction to the wives he gives instructions to the husband. He gives instructions to the children. He gives instructions to the parents. And he gives instructions to the servants and to the masters. When you go to Colossians 3, God does the same thing. He gives instructions to fathers. He gives instructions to mothers, husbands and wives. He gives instructions to parents. He gives instructions to children. He gives instructions to servants. And he gives instructions to masters. And look what he says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, excuse me, Colossians chapter 3, verse 20. Children, obey your parents in, next two words please, all things, not some things, not many things, not most things, we covered that early back there in Ephesians, okay, just the fact of obey what it means and honor what it means, but in Colossians, God through Paul says, children, obey your parents in all things, and look what he says, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Obeying and honoring parents is well-pleasing unto the Lord. What does that mean? Well-pleasing means acceptable. Or literally it means fully agreeable to. It pleases God well. It pleases God rightly, greatly. Brings great pleasure to God. You say, a child says, a young person says, well, I just want to live for the Lord. I just want, I just, 
I just want to please the Lord. I want God to be pleased with me. What does it say there in 2 Corinthians? That we ought to, we ought to labor that whether present or absent, we might be well-pleasing to God. We, we are acceptable to God, well-pleasing to God. You say, yeah, that's me. I just really want to please the Lord. So that's why I go to Sunday school. That's why I go to church. That's why I read my Bible. That's why I pray. I just try to be a, a good boy. I try to be a good girl because I really want to please the Lord. You, well, you want to know how you can really please the Lord? Real simple. What does God say? Children, obey your parents in all things. For this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Listen, you know this. I hope you do. A child, a young person that does not obey his parents is not right with God, plain and simple. I remember the first time I ever heard that statement. It was said by a good friend of mine in college. Director then of the Bill Rice Ranch, a little later on the Bill Rice Ranch, Dr. Bill Rice III. And I remember the time we took our young people to Bill Rice Ranch. It was a wonderful week at camp. And he stood up and preached a powerful message to young people. And in that message, he said simply, young people, listen to me now. Listen to me now. He, he said like this, put this down in black and underline it in red. I remember that. Or else put it down in red and underline it in black, one or the other. You put this down in red and you underline this in black. If you are not obeying your parents, you're not right with God, plain and simple. And it got real quiet there, you know, because there's a lot of young people that think they're right with God. They think they're well-pleasing the Lord. But as a matter of fact, they don't, they don't obey their parents. Obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Now go back to Ephesians 6. Go back to our text, Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents. What's the next three words? What are the next three words? In the Lord. You say, Pastor, what does that mean? It really means the same thing as back there in Colossians, but in different terms. It's real close to it. Because he's not saying here, children, I'll tell you what. You obey your parents if they're Christians. If you're saved, if you're a Christian, and your dad, your mom is in the Lord, if they're also in the Lord, if they're also saved, if they've been born again, if they're a Christian, then, then you obey them. Children, obey your parents who are in the Lord. That is not what he's saying here. Now, I take it, I assume that you know how to be saved. All right? Very quickly. Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners by nature and by choice. And then the Bible says, the wages of sin is death. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. And the Bible says whoever is not found written in the book of life is cast into the lake of fire. That's what I call a problem. We have a problem. It's a sin problem that brings judgment and hell. And that's what the Bible says. But not only do we have a problem, we have God's provision for our problem. God has provided for our problem. You say, what did he do? He gave his only begotten son. Jesus Christ who came to the cross, came to the earth and died upon the cross for our sins. And now the Bible says because God sent his son to die for us who died on the cross for our sins and because after he was buried on the third day he bodily came back to life, went back to heaven 40 days later. Now God says, look, you got a problem. You're a sinner. 
you got death coming, you got judgment coming, you got a hell problem coming. But he said, listen, listen, I made a provision for you in my son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is God Almighty in human flesh, the son of God. He loved you, he died for you, he rose again. And now God says, what's your part? What's your privilege? Real simple, you want to be saved? God says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. What does that mean? Put your trust in Jesus Christ. Not church membership, not baptism, not trying to do something special. No, no, nothing like helping old people and giving money to cancer fund and so forth. No, you just put your trust in Jesus Christ, receive him, and God says you will have forgiveness and eternal life. Now, that's what it means to be a Christian. That's how you become a Christian. You say, well, yeah, that's my dad. My dad's been saved. My dad was saved the Bible way. My mom, I know my mom's a Christian. So I guess I should obey and honor my parents because they're in the Lord. That's what it says. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Well, I just have to tell you that that's not what it means. It doesn't mean you obey your parents if they're Christians. It doesn't refer to Christian parents. It goes along with the word obey. You obey in the Lord. You do it because it's right. You do it because it's well-pleasing to the Lord. But children, you obey your parents being led of the Lord to do so. You have an attitude of wanting to be right with God. You want God's spirit to be controlling you. And therefore, you want the Lord to be leading and governing and prompting and ruling in your life. And you know it is the will of God for you to obey your parents. So you do it in the You obey in the Lord. It's not your parents in the Lord. It's you obeying in the Lord. Because you want to be right with the Lord. You want to be doing that which is well-pleasing to the Lord. You want to have the right relationship with the Lord, and therefore you want to have a right relationship with your parents, so you obey them in the Lord. That's what it really means. It's the quality of our obedience. And then the third reason here also, if we could please, just briefly, would you look at verse 2 and 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother. Now God gives a reason. He says, which is the first commandment with promise. Really? The very first commandment with promise. And then he says, well, what's this promise thing all about? That it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Say, so what is this, children? Honor thy father and thy mother. Which is the first commandment with promise. That it may be well with you, that you may live long enough. What is this all about? Where is this coming from? Go back to uh, Exodus chapter 20, please. Would you go to Exodus chapter 20? Anybody know what's in Exodus chapter 20 out loud? The Ten Commandments. You have all ten memorized? You obey them all the time? The Ten Commandments are listed in, in Exodus chapter 20. Where else are they listed? Deuteronomy 5. Let's just look at Exodus 20. Okay. We'll start at verse 1. No comments. I'll just keep reading. And we'll come to the one that has to do with Ephesians chapter 6. And God spake all these words saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee. Oh, is somebody going to say anything? Have we all broken the first commandment? Yes or no? Every person in this place tonight has already a lawbreaker because we, we can't even do the first one. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Nothing comes before God. Nobody can say that. No one. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image 
or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Another commandment. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Oh, man. How many oh my gods do you hear in any given day? Hundreds. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain, lightly, uselessly. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, Saturday. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is. Excuse me. For the, in six days the Lord made heaven and the earth, the sea and all that in them is. That's right. And he rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So back in the Old Testament times, before Jesus died and rose again, Saturday was the Sabbath day. God says, don't work. Number 12, verse 12. Honor, ooh, that sounds like a familiar word, doesn't it? Honor thy father and thy mother. Why? Read it together with me, please. Here we go. Verse 12. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. One more time. Listen to it. Honor thy father and thy mother. He's obviously speaking to boys and girls. He's speaking to young people. You say, what about when you get married? We'll talk about that in two months, the Lord willing, okay? So when do you stop obeying? When do you stop honoring your parents? The Bible says anything about that, okay? Here we go. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. That's what Ephesians 6, 2, and 3 is all about. Honor thy father and thy mother, that it may be well with which is the first commandment with promise. Here it is. We just read it. That it may be well with thee, that thou mayest live long upon the earth. I don't know how to fully explain that, but I can tell you God's word is true. And God does say, and he's not just talking about the quality of life. Now, he does that also in, in Ephesians 6 when he says that it may be well with thee. Things will go better for you. It is profitable for you. It is to your advantage. It is, it is beneficial for you, children, young people. Just trust God. It is beneficial for you. It's profitable for you. It's the best thing for you. You can help yourself if you just obey and honor your parents because he says, honor thy father and thy mother that it may be well with thee. And then he says that thou mayest live long on the earth. That's like you live longer. We never know, we have no idea how many boys and girls and young people died when they didn't have to. Simply because it came down to one thing, they refused to honor their dad and their mom. That's Bible. And I never know when I go to the funeral of a young person, I never know the reason why. I remember one time many, many years ago in youth ministry, and I'll close with this. They had a teenage boy in our church. And I mean, he turned away from his dad and mom, especially his dad. He refused to obey his dad, refused to obey his mom. And these were God, they weren't perfect, they were godly parents. For whatever reason, he refused to obey them. 
didn't obey him because he didn't honor him. He refused to honor his dad and mom. He refused to respect them and think highly of them, and he treated them like dirt. He treated them like a piece of trash. And his dad and mom, I know they weren't perfect, but they were, as far as best I could see, they were humble, godly people. And this guy, he couldn't figure out Ephesians 6, 1 and 2. He was so bad. One day, I got a call. He'd been killed. Going down a highway on a motorcycle. The driver coming the other way said he saw him coming. Just before he got to him, the young man looked down like he wanted to adjust something on his boot. When he reached down to try to touch his boot, he, he, he turned, okay? He just turned the handlebars, and he went smack into this car head on and died instantly. I don't know why God took him home, but I, rem- I will never forget standing in front of his casket at the funeral, and I didn't say it out loud. And in my mind, I said these exact words. I called his name, and I said, you didn't have to die. You didn't have to die. You should have honored and obeyed your parents. We wouldn't be having this funeral. I'm not God. I don't know if that's the whole thing. I just know that God says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Would you bow your heads, please? Pretty simple tonight. Nothing profound. Nothing most of us haven't heard before. But perhaps a much-needed reminder And I am so thankful for the boys and girls and young people in our church. It is one of my greatest blessings as the pastor to have children and young people in our church. A growing number of boys and girls. Thank you, Mom and Dad. Amen. And a growing number of young people. And I thank the Lord for that. How are you doing tonight on the most basic, simple thing in Christian living after being saved, following the Lord in believer's baptism, just as a child, as a young person, how you doing with mom and dad? Hearing under, submitting to, obeying them all the time, on time, doing it all in everything. Thinking of your dad, your mom as being very valuable, very precious, very costly, and never wanting to disappoint them never wanting to upset them, never wanting to make them sad and grieve or frustrated or confused or maybe even angry, but you want them to be pleased. You want a smile on their face because they are very, very special to you and you want to please the Lord. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. Very simple and not hard to understand. Give us, I pray, wisdom. Give us courage. Give us humility. Give us desire to always obey your word. And I pray tonight for every child. I pray for every young person in this place. That if there's a need that they have right now, that, Lord, you will convict them. You will speak to their heart in a strong way that they will know what you've said and how important it is to you and therefore to them. They might get right with you 
if they need to do that. Then they might get right with their parents. Might be some apologies given even perhaps tonight. What a wonderful thing for a child or young person to say, Dad, I'm sorry. Mom, please forgive me, I'm sorry. And get things right. For thy glory and thy praise, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand together, please?